0: The federal election is upon us and the seat for Leichhardt is a hotly contested spot. This special podcast on our listener app offers every candidate the opportunity to speak and to share their platform and to discuss why they are the best person for the job. Philip. Muzumechi from the Greens joins us today. Fantastic surname, i got to say. It is fun to say. How are you, mate? You well? I'm fine, thanks, if uh, a little shaken. <laughs> uh, why?
1: why? Why are you shaken? Uh, it's an interview. Oh, no, don't. don't, don't, don't. So,
0: Tammy and I, uh, I think passionate's probably too strong a word, but we, we're devoted to giving everyone that comes in here the same opportunity to talk to our mm. listeners mm. and to help people make, I think, a more informed choice. Yeah. You know, this isn't... No, that's um, good. You know, it's not a slag mm. fest. It's not... Uh, there's no stitch-ups here. We're not going to ask you to recite different mm. facts and figures. We just want to know what you stand for, and um, we're happy that you've joined us today. We're delighted. No,
1: I'm happy to be here, if nervous. <laughs> <laughs> so, Philip, let's just start it off by asking you... If you can share a little bit about yourself. Well, I was born in Babinda and went to the various schools, finishing at Innisfail High. And uh, when I was coming out of high school, if you wanted to go to university, you went 350 kilometres south to JCU. Wow. So I worked... uh, Sorry, I studied there for a while and I even got some um, temporary employment there. Um, One of my projects when I was there was in the sugarcane harvesting area. Anyway, I decided... I got to a point in my life where I had to either go and do a doctorate or stop thinking about it. And I didn't seem to be able to stop thinking about it, so therefore I decided to do it. Yeah. And I went to ANU in Canberra and um, studied there for three years. Um, That was uh, one of those interesting times where I'm not sure if you guys can remember getting your first job uh, where you suddenly get a large amount of money. So when you go back to being a, a student, as a mature age student, you have the opposite um, effect. So you discover relative poverty. I mean, I wasn't in poverty, but my income went from a yeah. nice value to a bloody hell kind yeah. of value. Anyway, I did that for three years. I oh, one thing about having a lower income, you really study efficiently and you get the hell out in the minimum time. Right. Yep. Yeah, so did that, and uh, and then I. Got a gig. I kind of created this project. I thought to myself, how can I get a project in North Queensland and still live with my existing uh, friends in Canberra? So I got a project at CSR Victoria Mill, and that was for sugar milling. Anyway, did a few other things as an engineer. Um, most recent project has been most recent recent completed project has been um, ground-based lasers for space junk targeting. And currently, I work for another company in Canberra. Um, so that's professionally how I got here. Oh, along the way, I did some teaching at JCU in Cairns, and was an academic advisor. And by the way, are you were asking me about my name before? Mm. My name there, it, I was christened by the student as doc, students by, so I was christened by the students as Dr. Phil, and I had no idea about this TV show. Oh. But anyway, my job was I would listen <laughs> to students' problems and try and figure out what we could do. And um, the problems were supposed to be academic, but actually, in the end, they are all uh, financial or personal, and that triggered an academic problem. Anyway, I did that for a while, got the nickname, and these days I have a seven-year-old son who goes to a state school. Um, You could think of that as another project, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, how did uh, how did all this lead
0: into you know becoming green?
1: Yeah, yeah, getting into the green. Well, look, about six years ago, I uh, that that uh, idea, by the way, where you you either do something or stop thinking about it. Well, about five or six years ago. I was really irritated at things happening politically, and I would get just annoyed. And then I thought, well, if you're going to get annoyed, you should get involved. Mm -hmm. So I joined the Greens, and after a year or so, I got to go on the state council, and uh, that's been a really big learning experience, um, uh, because that's where we discuss policy, and we throw out policy we think is crazy, or inappropriate, or irrelevant, or we fix up proposals, Sometimes we're reviewing policy. So anyway, you have to take into account what's happening in the real world. You you might have policy aims that, you know, in our case might involve a certain amount of government interaction. But if you see the private sector doing it anyway, and that will be for profit and for environmental reasons, uh, probably with a long-term view for both of them. Well, if they're doing it, we don't or we do something else. So anyway, that's what you can learn when you join a party and um, have a go at formulating policy. And I think that would work in other parties yeah, yeah. too, by the way. Uh, anyone who's interested in having a go, go join one that you think might fit you yep. and then see what you can do. So listen, talking hmm. about policies, are yep. there any that are at the top of your mind that you would like to share going into the selection that you stand for? Uh, yeah, I should talk about ours. <laughs> um, look, I think the main one right now is integrity and climate change management or climate change action the integrity one, I think, is the fundamental one. If you can't have a government that everybody trusts, then you can't operate in a in an efficient way. Everybody who hears a, a report from a government will say things like, "Oh, is that really what's happening?" or "Should I believe it?" So, getting the integrity right is the primary thing. It's in it's almost independent of whatever else. I think you want a government to do. So, for the Greens, uh, we will try again to get our integrity. Uh, sorry, our Anti-Corruption Commission through Parliament. Yep. Um, the federal ICAC, that is? Yes, yep, yes, okay. and it has to be one with an independent watchdog capability. Um, e- even if it's not the perfect ICAC, it will be a start. And what I think will happen is if we can get that ICAC through, then we'll also have a chance in the same parliament that can pass that kind of legislation, we'll have a chance to get reform in our election funding. And what that means is we can take the carpet bombing advertising out of our uh, election campaigns, perhaps a bit like New Zealand, limit it to 100,000 per party, I think is what they're doing over there. We'll be different, but put some kind of limit on it and add to the system rules like if you leave parliament, you can't take a consultancy for a company that in effect is competing with the government within five years. I, as an engineer, have to sign non-disclosure agreements and I can't work for a competitor if I leave where I'm working now. We've got people waltzing out of parliament on a, I would say, a fairly generous pension and jumping into bed with people who really are, in a way, competing with us. Yes, we're hiring them to do things, but they're doing it for their interests and we're hiring them for ours, and I would like those people to respect our interests. So that election funding and the ICAC, they're the primary things. But if you can do that, then the more obvious uh, policies are climate change handling, the mitigation or the uh, dealing with the causes. And I think in Queensland, but elsewhere and definitely in the East Coast, we've got really good, arang- uh, really good situations where if we go about trying to reduce our emissions in the generation area, it automatically means we've got to environmentally and carefully manage renewables in the country, because that's where these things are. So we can we can have more jobs in the regions while cleaning up our um, environment. And for Leichhardt, uh, long-term, that's going to mean, if we can do it quickly enough, it's going to mean maybe less flood mitigation in places like Torres Strait and even low-lying areas of Cairns. So we'll see maybe eventually, uh, no longer will we see increasing flooding frequency in those areas. Um, But also it'll just mean, um, I think, more opportunities in an industrial way for, for people who might be doing fly-in, fly-out, for example, into regions like Mackay or whatever. Um, a key policy for the Greens is housing. and The idea that the federal government should have a direct action into housing. Uh, we're proposing 50,000 houses a year. Uh, Real Estate Institute says that that's roughly what we need to do to take care of our normal needs. For Leichhardt, Uh, One of the more sobering things that I've experienced as a candidate is talking to social services people who are dealing with people who have nowhere to live. And there's just a general shortage of houses. I think there's 3,000 applications backlog at the moment for 6,000 people. That's the rough figure. And when you look at Uh, where some of those come from, some of them are the ones you probably expect uh, people fleeing domestic violence who have to immediately have somewhere temporary to live. Mm -hmm. And in Cairns, this is uh, sort of unbelievable to me, but maybe I live a a sheltered life. But there's such a shortage in Cairns that people are being put in towns nearby uh, as an emergency measure. So that's just insane. And and yet it's not talked about enough. So our policy to try and Get that kickstart happening. That will make a difference. Mm. There's a maintenance component in a separate proposal from the Greens. Some of those things will have lead times over a year. So, you know, we're not going to probably really capture the immediate emergency. Um, State government probably has to still step up there. (laughs) So um, in your view, what would the electorate benefit if you were elected? I think probably it's good to split these up into short term and long term. Longer term, if we get the transition to renewables right, we are going to uh, ultimately protect those... Environmental assets we have, for example, uh, the reef, which drives a lot of tourism. Yep. Even the Wet Tropics. Uh, even just the obvious things like um, having our farmland sustainable. Mm-hmm. You know, if we get all of those transitions right, we've got a place to live. It's a pretty fundamental requirement. But having something like that is a good thing. It is long term. Um, Short term, I see that uh, at, on the industrial side, that the. the change to renewables will have a lot of short-term employment in terms of the construction of that. Uh, The Greens have plans for trying to rejig manufacturing, say, five to 10 years downstream, and that's going to be another benefit, although it might not be quite as relevant to Cairns. Cairns will benefit, though, from different types of technologies that will then be available, but we'll certainly see things like um, hydrogen-based processing of metals, for example, and and most likely uh, various forms of energy exports coming out of places like Gladstone. Uh, On the farming side, and actually on the wet tropics side as well, our land care, I think, will make a difference for things like runoff from farms. There's already farmers doing reasonably good work in that area. Uh, Farmers, for example, want to maintain their topsoil. They don't like erosion. In those areas that people would more traditionally uh, consider greens to be active, we're, we're also looking at land care initiatives trying to rehabilitate land that, for example, may have been cleared and then agriculture fell through or grazing didn't happen. So all of those efforts are in our Greening Australia plan. Um, So that's both a protection approach and a rehabilitation approach. And actually, one of the major aspects on the environmental side is to just get people to pay attention to the law. We have all of these environmental impact assessments, we have these environmental protection and biodiversity acts, but it seems that whenever governments cut funding to the public service, they cut the enforcement aspect of these promises that companies might make, for example, right. on tableland wind farms. So I think in the end we've got to have that environmental protection done with a, a hands-off approach. Get it out of the hands of politicians uh, and just give it funding as an independent watchdog. I
0: like it. Okay, mm. so um, just to finish mm. off, I yep. guess why should people vote for you? Let's round this out, Phil.
1: Okay, well I am quite happily making a living as an engineer who works remotely out of Canberra. So I don't need this job. I uh, I am not planning a career. On the other hand, I have a driving a fire. Sorry, I have a fire in my belly to get things cleaned up. So I would really like to have a go at improving the integrity of government and the public service and maybe even getting more skills back into the public service. So I think the integrity angle is the most important. Uh, I've said this in some other interviews. It almost doesn't matter what else you are concerned about. If you can't get the government to be trusted by people and to have it operate in a trustworthy way, then we really can't go ahead and do anything in a sensible manner. We need that. Um, we need a higher level of trust in our government and we need that watchdog watching over politicians and um, the public service itself, like maybe New South Wales or any of the others. The mm. trust of the people
0: is paramount. Absolutely. Yep. Thank you, Phil. Appreciate you coming in.
1: Absolutely. It's great to, to hear different opinions and, and why you actually got to where you are and what you want to do mm. for your electorate. So good luck when it comes to the 21st of May and uh, we wish you all the best. Well, thank you. And I hope everyone goes and reads their how to votes and pays attention to them and then has a happy day voting. (laughs) Thanks for coming in. Thank you. Thank you for joining us
0: and to stay up to date with all of the candidates who are vying for the seat of Leichhardt in the 2022 federal election, keep it right here on Listener.